Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. I'm your host, Shannon Brenius, and uh, today it is my pleasure to introduce you uh, to someone who is going to be saying goodbye to a job that he has held and a an organization of which he's been a part for pretty much his entire life. We're talking about the superintendent of Widefield School District 3, Kevin Duran. Kevin, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you announced uh, your retirement. It's not effective yet, uh, but you are not only the superintendent of Widefield School District 3, but you also served as an educator in their system. And as well, you're a product of Widefield School District 3. So all of that gives you just this uh, very big depth of knowledge when it comes to this school district, to this community, and and to the educational uh, tenor that is going on in Southern Colorado. So I I wanted to sit and talk to you and and really pay uh, some homage to what you've done there in Widefield School District 3. So first of all, let's talk about uh, retirement because as a superintendent choosing to retire is a very personal decision what uh, prompted your decision you know it was a lot of different factors um you know personally professionally uh i i'm getting to that age where you know i i i gotta look at the time that i need to spend with family and and i start to have uh, grandkids coming into my life and my kids are grown and they're starting to you know, need some help uh, in the areas that they're they're going in, and so it just it just felt like it was time. My my wife retired three years ago, so you know, when I first got the opportunity to become superintendent, uh, she was very supportive and still is. And and as time has gone on, you know, I think just the the pulling of family time and things that we just need to continue to do together and have the time to do together has just been been growing for both of us. So. You know, you just you kind of feel it in your gut where it's like, you know, there's just a, I, I love this district. I love the opportunity that I've had to spend as a, a leader in this role. And, and it was a, it's been a dream all the way through. Uh, and I'm sad to step down. And I'll try not to have my voice crack because the emotions start to start to build up every time I talk about it too much. But it, it's a, it's been a great, great career, a great place to to raise my family and grow myself and grow others and and see the community grow and evolve it's just been really a, a, a treasure time in my life to be in be in Whitefield. Let's talk about some of that growth. You you started in the district as an educator uh, as a math teacher. Tell us about that. Yeah, well actually I started as a student in the 3rd grade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Going way back, the way back machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I when we came, when we came to Colorado, we were coming back stateside from Okinawa, Japan, and you know it was uh, I, I had been a kid who has been in the military with my parents, and so every three years it was pack up and go, pack up and go, and uh, I, I just thought I was coming to another place where it was just an, another short touch and go, and I would be gone in another three years. But thankfully, my my dad at the time decided to retire himself at uh, Fort Carson. And that led us to stay the rest of my uh, time here at Whitefield. But you know, if you want to talk about the career as being a teacher, I can I can start there too because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I when I graduated, I was I was 
I was hell-bent on being uh, an aviator in the Air Force, so I went to CSU Fort Collins and got my degree and had family and decided that, well, I, a family, uh, the, the military lifestyle probably wasn't going to be what I wanted for my kids and my family, so I decided to change careers in my direction and, and uh, go into teaching. And I taught just a year and a half in Denver, and I had an opportunity. It was one of my old principals that was uh, actually he was one of my teachers. I was going to say you probably student. saw you growing up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. He got word that I had a teaching degree that I was in Denver, and you know this is a community that everybody knows everybody. There is like three degrees of separation, <laughs> um, and and actually this principal, his wife had a baby, and it was my mom who delivered the baby because my mom was a, a prenatal nurse in one of the local hospitals. So everybody knows everyone. My mom told him that I had a degree in teaching and I was teaching up in Denver. I got a personal phone call from him to say that uh, I should be back in Whitefield. He gave me a call and I came back and I never looked back since. Being that you're a product of, of this school system and of this community, uh, what sort of insight and advantages do you think it gave you coming into uh, the system? You know, I, I think it goes back to those relationships and those connections. Uh, you know, Whitefield is sitting in a place where it could have a lot of transiency within the community because of all the, the coming and goings of the military. But there is a core group because it is Colorado and a lot of people, just like my dad did, decide to make sure their last final base is in a place where they want to spend the rest of their time. There is a lot of just enrooted folks that are generational that are in this community. And once you start forging those relationships, those relationships are huge to take you throughout the rest of your career and the rest of your life, really. So, I mean, being there as a student, I um, really got to know lots of folks who have been a part of the district. Coming back as a teacher, those rela- relationships continue to, you know, grow and flourish. Um, just knowing so many people, knowing how the community really works and evolves and, and just being a part of it, being a name that's been, you know, recognizable within the community for so many years just allows people to, to trust you and to be able to, you know, confide in the problems that they're having and looking to you to help solve those problems. And, you know, we treat each other here like a family. And I know sometimes that's, that becomes a cliche in education, but, you know, there's something special about Whitefield. And, and I think that family feel and those relationships really go a long way. You know, we're not the highest paying school district in the in the area, but when we have people that come from other areas, they really make make note of how different it feels and how warm it is and inviting and and that's that's what we're have always been about. We're talking with Kevin Duran, the superintendent who has announced his retirement, his upcoming retirement from Widefield School District 3. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. I'm going to ask about how you do uh, entice educators to, to come to your district. What keeps the retention going. Uh, Also, what challenges um, Superintendent Duran has overcome during the time? And I'll tell you, one of them starts with a P and ends with an endemic. We'll have more on that when the extra continues. We're back with the extra and our focus today, a longtime educator and leader in Widefield School District 3, uh, hanging up the uh, educational 
I guess, shoes and uh, moving on to retirement. Kevin Duran, the superintendent of Widefield School District 3, a product of this particular school district, who then went on uh, to become its superintendent after serving as a teacher in the district. So first of all, uh, Kevin, before the break, we were talking about how you make the district attractive and able to retain educators and those in your educational system when... uh, perhaps because of you know the way our schools are funded you aren't able to offer the best pay in all of Colorado tell us what sort of things you uh, did over your tenure and what sort of other things are at play that you think uh, help retain quality talent in the teaching ranks yeah first of all I it really comes back down to you know those relationships that you can forge and you know when you have a new person that is coming uh, from out of college and they're looking for their first job, a lot of times that's scary and they're looking to have a connection. And they're, they're, they're walking out of their comfort zone into a place that's going to be very unfamiliar to them. So the faster that you can invite them in, make sure that they feel like there is a connection. Uh, make sure that they know that this is something that uh, we are all in this together. I mean, we're going to help them. We, want, we are interested in making them become successful their success is our success, uh, and giving them the supports and the resources to be successful. Uh, we have little things that we do just within our district that's kind of unique. Uh, the one thing that we have, which we don't have a lot of money, but we sure do have a lot of partnerships. Uh, and our partnerships allow us to do some things that are very unique from other districts. Uh, the first one would be our health center. Uh, we have a health center right here on site in district. So any employee that has, uh, that has our insurance, they don't have to go to, uh, you know, the big chain health centers to, to you know, get, get medication or get seen or, you know, just little checkups or any of that. They can come right here on campus to our health center and uh, make appointments. Even if they have 30 minutes, an hour in their day that they can, uh, they can just leave work and come back, that's something that is that's that's uh, with no copay that they can be able to, to get in and out of. So that convenience is that's there. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our district is one of the few districts that I'm aware of that we have a partnership um, with our Park and Rec Center, and so we have to keep you know some insulation financially between what the Park and Rec Center does and what our school district does. But we have a brand new. Uh, Gosh, I can't tell you how many square feet this place is now, but they just built a park and rec complex in our district, and it's a partnership in which we can use that facility. Um, they actually use our facilities. It's a shared agreement that we'll, we're able to you know, use the resources that we both have to you know, help the community, whether it's our students or parents or our seniors. Uh, all of that kind of combines to make that small town feel that you know we're all here together and we're all here to help each other. White, Whitefield is in an in unincorporated area uh, and so we don't have a city government. There's no you know mayor of Whitefield. Uh, you know, all of that is in the unincorporated area between Colorado Springs and the El Paso County region. But Whitefield just is a small town that just takes care of each other and so the, the school district has just kind of adopted that role in terms of you know the government agency is the school district when the 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 street lights are blinking and no one knows what to do they call the school district you know (laughs) it's 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 kind of a strange 
way to get connected to your community, but it's also an opportunity for us to reach out to the needs of the patrons that use our school district or those who are just in and around. And we've come to have just a really unique, close-knit partnership within our community here in Whitefield. And, and that bleeds into how people will connect into the community. They, they come here, they work here, they live here, they raise their families here. And uh, it's, it's a diverse group of folks who come from all regions of the world. I think the military does a great job of continuously keeping the, you know, the demographics mixed with just about everyone. And uh, it really just it seems to work. Life works the way it should here in Whiteville. You you talked about uh, having a welcoming atmosphere for the, for the staff. Uh, it, it sounds like also you work to do that with the students too. Uh, yeah. Implementing programs even in the run up to the start of school that hopefully maybe break the ice. It's almost like a college orientation program. It sounds like. Yeah, I think you might be talking about um, like the link crew group that when we have our students that are transitioning from the junior high to high school, yeah, really trying to bridge those kids into kind of that different lifestyle that they're used to, but also making sure that they have a mentor or somebody that they are connecting to. Uh, that's been something that we realized, and even between the elementary and um, the junior high, as a student goes from fifth to sixth grade, we make sure that that student because they're changing environments and it could be very, uh, you know, very confusing for kids to figure out how to do school in a new way with older students. We make sure that those kids are, are connected. Even outside of the pandemic, uh, you know, when we first started to come back, the first thing that we did is we engaged all of our students into an opportunity free for the public or free for our students was a summer engagement academy. And I engaged students and parents or, or students and teachers to think of the most engaging activity that you could possibly come up with, whether it is, you know, nighttime stargazing or um, podcasting or, I mean, we had all kinds of things. I can't think off the top of my head some of the cooler things, uh, uh, drone flying. I mean, we just had all kinds of things for kids to come and do. Uh, and the teachers would set up a three, four, five, two-week two week class, and we just ran classes before we actually came back um, in person, just to get the students reacclimated to the buildings, to get our teachers reacclimated to students, to get our parents to trust sending their students to school again. And that really helped to kind of galvanize the community again and be able to think about school in terms of what are the great things socially, academically, uh, that, that, that are going to be ahead of them as we return back from the pandemic. Mr. Duran, you mentioned the pandemic in one word. What was the pandemic experience like? Because we're going to talk more about it after the break. But before we go to break, in one word, what was that experience educating youth through that? What was it like? Chaotic and frustrating. Mm. We'll that's, talk. A, that's two words. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about how uh, the district overcame that, how they rebounded from it when the extra continues after this. We're back with Superintendent Kevin Duran of Widefield School District 3, uh, who is announced after three plus decades in education. He is retiring at the end of this school year. And uh, we were talking about before we went to break, 
frustration and chaotic. That's how getting through the pandemic was with uh, education. And, and, and certainly it felt like that in, in all aspects of professional life. But when you're talking about dealing with uh, the kiddos, a, a, ranging in age from the littles who probably didn't know really what was going on to the older grades, the, you know, the 11th and 12th graders who, who probably had uh, just so many challenges facing them. It had to be how to address all of that had to be just so challenging. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, that could be a, a six hour conversation. conversation yeah. In and, of <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the whole the whole idea of the pandemic and just the different layers of complexities that it brought against uh, trying to educate kids was just almost insurmountable. Um, you know, it started off with the full closure and then trying to get resources to, to our students to do some sort of education, um, you know, trying to understand what the whole pandemic was all about, the safety issues and concerns, uh, the politics that came because of it, uh, just the, the disconnection that we were having with, uh, with our community, um, understanding the needs, the diverse needs of our community. You know, we, there were, realizing that you know there's a lot of inequities within our region where you could assume that in some households they had computers and networks and you know Wi-Fi and had all the resources to be able to connect if we went virtual and then some who had none of that and you know not just with computers and resources but food making sure that the students who were relying on those families that were relying on schools to get that third meal in or maybe that's the only meal that they have uh, that that was something that we realized that you know we have a, a greater a greater calling um, when it comes to you know the connections that we have within our community uh, and then you know just the the realization that regardless of how well we could implement a online program and regardless of how much training we could get to our teachers to be able to you know, transfer or transform their lessons into a virtual platform, it was never going to be like being in front of students in the classroom. The socialization aspect of it was never going to quite transfer the same way. And that was the frustration part was as we started to figure out how we could come back together, there was always layers of the health department rules and and how we needed to respond that created quarantines and trying to do contact tracing and developing ways of communication that made sense for folks. It, it seemed like for a year and a half straight that we did a lot of just chaos controls, just trying to figure out how to move people, how to develop communication, how to do everything besides teaching kids in a classroom. And I, I think we, we ended up losing a lot of people in the process. When I say losing, I mean good teachers and staff members who just could not function in that world. And if they were close to retirement, we had a layer of retirements that probably happened two to three years too early. That uh, was the unfortunate result of that. And just the, and, and I think the entire nation is seeing this now. I think we've lost some families and family trust and. Um, the, the return to schools have not been at the numbers that we were anticipating. So we've lost enrollment around that. So all of these things that were outside of our control, a lot of the stuff that 
we were so good at when it comes to, like I said, building relationships, having those that family culture was was almost non-transformable or transferable uh, in in this new paradigm that we were faced with. So as we started to get out of the pandemic, I think everybody was excited to just snap back to normal, just get back to where we were pre-pandemic times where kids are in classrooms, we have teachers in front of them, and, you know, we can kind of uh, start back where we left off. Well, that could that could be the very furthest from the truth. We, we never did quite regain what we lost, mm. uh, and we're still trying to get back what we lost from losing those connections in the, uh, in the community and losing some of those connections with our staff members and, and trying to rebuild that, uh, you know, what we had before the pandemic. Uh, like I said, I, I should probably write a book about it <laughs> in my retirement. And I don't know how well it would sell because I don't know if I want to go back and relive that in the written word or I don't know that anyone wants to. Yeah, it's it's like this bad memory. Nobody really wants to revisit, but it was such a a striking uh, departure from life as we knew it. And and like you said, very difficult to come back. I read some study that said uh, kids uh, and going spanning all age groups uh, pretty much lost like a third of a year of learning that they will never catch up, that, that, that they will be behind that third of a year uh, going forward. And, it, you know, how to overcome that so difficult. I, looking yeah. back, at the time, were you meeting with other superintendents? Because you were relatively new to the superintendent role at that time, correct? Yes, I was. And, and yeah, there's was, there was a great network here in, in the Pikes Peak area. Uh, we have a superintendent's group that we meet on a monthly basis. We kind of gather our our needs together and see if we can do something as a unified voice to either be heard at the state level or to, uh, we, we had the health department speak with us as a group. Um, we tried to write in support of things happening in a certain way that was going to help benefit our students. Um, just really utilizing our, our networking to be able to have that unifi- unified voice to say that you know we we have a an opportunity to do some things that are different that could be very helpful for all of our communities, and I think that camaraderie is still is still in place today because of all the hard work that we put in, and I I think that's what I'm going to miss. I wouldn't say the most, but I think that's one of the great things I'm going to miss when I do retire is uh, leaving those friendships and, the, and those uh, professional uh, connections behind because. That group really helped me as a new superintendent, and and we really got to understand how we all were kind of in the same boat, but trying to work towards different goals for different communities. Yes, it was a it was a trying time indeed, and you know during that, I'm sure uh, you had things that you wish you could have done. But uh, looking back on your entire tenure as superintendent, it, what do you wish you could have done in your tenure that you didn't accomplish? You know, I, I I was thinking about that the other day, kind of going through uh, some of my some of my um, application um, documents that I was preparing for when I was uh, interviewing for the position. Back when I first got into the position, you know, we were starting to see a lot of growth in our area. Widefield has, well, it's named because it has a lot of wide fields, and most of our district sits on maybe. 30% of built-up land, and the rest is 
is desirable uh, space where there are developers creating homes. And we started to see a, a really boom in our district where more houses were being built than I've ever seen before. And I've, as I said, I've been here since the third grade. Uh, new homes, new neighborhoods, new communities starting to build out. And I was really excited to get into that next stage of growth within Whitefield and kind of usher in the new Whitefield as it becomes, you know, the the next tier of being a small town sort of district to maybe a medium-sized or even large district. Really excited to, you know, be involved in building new schools and, and developing relationships in, in new areas with, uh, you know, folks that are coming to us from different areas and just continuing that that trend of family and and collaboration and all the things that we really do well here in Whitefield. And, you know, that did not pan out because we set, you know, the interest rates went up and uh, the, the, the amount of building and, and uh, the, the enrollment sort of stagnated. And so we, we didn't get to do, I didn't get to do some of the things that I thought I was going to be set up to do here in the district, but, you know, it, everything happens for a reason. And with, going back to the pandemic and all the needs that we saw from, uh, you know, all the needs that came from mental health issues and, you know, social emotional uh, concerns that came out of the pandemic. Uh, we really put some resources and time into those areas. And so I felt like I had one idea going into this, but all the energy really was rerouted to something that was just as important, if not more, is really fixing the healing that needed to be done and addressing some of the new needs and this new normal that we were going to come into. Well, Kevin Duran is our guest today, superintendent of Widefield School District 3, uh, set to retire after spending more than three decades in education and the last uh, several as superintendent of this school district. When we come back, we'll have more with Kevin Duran. That's when the extra continues. We're back with a retiring superintendent, Kevin Duran, and I'm so pleased that he's sharing with us his uh, thoughts on uh, his tenure as well as, uh, well, his educational journey. But let me ask you about the state of education right now, Mr. Duran. I, I know that could be another six hour long conversation, but uh, what would you say is the state of education right now? Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get your arms around You know, I I think you hear stories about what is the learning loss in students and and what are schools doing to be able to recoup that. At the same time, we saw a, a loss of, of uh, an interest of people going into education. And so there's a teacher shortage right now that we're trying to address. Um, You know, and I think even before the pandemic, there were lots of concerns and issues about teacher pay and recruitment and retention and, and all of those things. So, you know, as we move forward, I, I think there is a renewed appreciation and understanding of how critical that schools and the role that they play within every community and how that if we're going to function as a society that our schools have to be an important part of moving our society forward. But we still don't have the answers to those to those foundational questions about how do we have a funding mechanism within our districts within all schools that's going to be that's going to keep up with 
uh, inflation and the needs of our community and the needs of our our, our staff and, and being able to continue to make this career a, a career that's going to be uh, attractive for folks. Um, you know, we, we go to recruitment fairs that in the past, I remember there would be 30 districts there and hundreds and hundreds of 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 uh, prospective teachers walking through the door looking for interviews and wanting to drop off applications. I go now and it's the opposite. I see hundreds of, of districts and maybe 15, 20 applicants that are walking through the entire fair area. Uh, and it's, it's disheartening to see how much that has turned. So we, we have to find a way to make educating education more attractive to everyone. We have to continue to kind of bridge that idea that education is a, a cornerstone of our, of our society's success. And how we do that is is really a discussion that I think from the governor to the president to you know all folks that can be influential influential in that have to sit down and start to work those things out. Well, we are entering our final minutes here, so uh, we have probably about two minutes left for you to uh, share any final thoughts that you would like to uh, about the district, about advice for aspiring teachers, about the families that your district serves, whatever you'd like people to take away from this conversation, Superintendent Duran. Education is a great way to be a part of your community. It's a great way to have a wonderful career where you're always finding joy and, and you're, you're, you're feeding yourself as well as feeding others. Um, it, it's something that is never stagnant. In my 30 years, I can't tell you any two or three years that looked identical. Um, education evolves because our community evolves, our society evolves. Uh, the way that we look at education in our district, and I think in most districts, is that we are preparing our students for a future that doesn't yet exist. And that is, that is invigorating for me. That gives us an opportunity to find the skills that students need right now, but also project what are those skill sets and what are those criteria of things that are going to be as useful for our students as they enter into the world as they're going to find it when they leave us. Um, we, we're, we're looking for innovative ways and partnerships and we get to talk to all levels of industry. Uh, it's really that connection that we are one node in that success of, of the travel that has to take place when students are understanding how education works, understanding how to be successful, uh, getting the confidence and the competence within themselves, and then that handshake that we bring them over to, here's the real world, and here's, here are the skill sets that you're going to need, and the, here are the skills that you already have to be successful, and then that handoff into the real world, whether that's college or career or military. I mean, it, it's really the only, only career that you really have that level of fulfillment every, every single day, uh, and the connections that you get to make with people from all walks of life, uh, it's, it's just the most rewarding opportunity that you have in life to really make a difference. Uh, if I were to give any teacher advice at this point, I would say come in, keep an open mind, make relationships, connect with your students, connect with families, and understand that education goes both ways. Uh, I can't tell you how much I learned in my years of teaching 
and I probably learned more in my first few years than I actually ever taught outwardly. Uh, but then you continue to build those connections. You continue to build your own skill sets, and you're only going to see yourself grow and see the people that are growing around you because of what you do on a day-to-day basis. It's the most honorable profession in the world, and we need to always keep that in mind regardless of our country recognizes it or our pay structure recognizes it. You are just you are the one of the key members of society if you are a teacher and an educator uh, in any community. So I want to thank anyone who is even thinking about that and encourage all those who are to take that step. And you're going to find lots of great people that are going to help you and give you the resources to be successful. Truly, teaching and education, the backbone, really, of our society, as you mentioned. As Superintendent Kevin Duran of Widefield School District, uh, approaching retirement, and we thank you for sharing your thoughts on uh, your district and education and the journey you've been on. Thank you for sharing that with our audience here on The Extra. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, that's the extra. And if you'd like to find out more about this school district, you can always visit their website, wsd3.org. Again, wsd3.org. Tom Martino is up after the break. Have a good day.